The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Welcome to the Saints Happy Hour Podcast with hosts Ralph Malbro and featuring bloggers Andrew Juge of SaintsNation.com, Kevin Held of The Team Drops the Ball, and Dave Cariello of Canal Street Chronicles. This podcast is nothing but serious football talk and hardcore analysis. Which four of you would survive the longest in the zombie apocalypse, and in which order would you die? Well, Ralph, no offense, you're going first. Oh, definitely. <laughs> no, no, no. The zombies would smell Dave's sugar blood and target him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even have a joke, Dave. Dave, Dave smells like nougat. Now here's your host, Ralph Malbrose. Welcome to Saints Happy Hour Podcast. As always, we are sponsored by you, the fan. Uh, people that are registered for our drafts. People, you got to pay. The reason we do the fantasy football draft is for fun and to fund the podcast. Only about half you people have signed up. You need to get with me and pay the fee. Uh, we got just, just, just get with me and pay the fee. Uh, you got another Drunk History episode, 2010, which... People originally were like, I hate 2010, 2010 sucked. Then they listened to the podcast, Andrew, and they were like, yeah, I forgot how awesome 2010 was. Yeah, the ending sucked, but the season itself was great. Um, so there. Uh, Andrew, uh, was it just another boring week in Charlottesville? Nothing ever happens there, right? Yeah, no, just, you know, you know <laughs> quiet, quaint. <laughs> We're not, we're not going to get into it. I just wanted to move. Yeah, I mean, you know, I just wanted. I, I just wanted to mention that uh, for the first time, maybe ever on the podcast, Andrew was in the center of news that wasn't football related. Um, but anyway, the the Saints. We were we were going to talk about how they looked pretty good against Cleveland, but the Saints. No, no, no. They did the rare thing this week, Andrew. They broke news before the podcast actually started. Uh, Nick Under. Yeah, and you, let's get yeah, let's give a little credit to Nick. He broke this. Nick is the best beat writer the Saints have ever had in my lifetime, and I don't just say that because he follows me and he's nice. Uh, he really is. Like he 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 knows his shit, and he's starting to break news, which that's how you get places. Well, he's nice except for when he's really salty. Yeah, he's he he's, he'll be salty like three four times a year with me, and but he'll yeah. he'll he'll un he won't block me. He'll just unfollow me, and then he'll follow me back like a couple of days later. But it's cool. We love Nick. Um, but he he broke it. Uh, Delvin Bro is on the trade block, and I don't think it's a coincidence that on the day where Hendrickson gets back, uh, Lattimore gets back. Unger gets back and Ramchak continues to be back. The one guy who's not back is Bro, and they're like, you know, maybe we'll trade him. I, I just that's not a coincidence to me, Andrew. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, it makes you wonder if Sean Payton was like, "Look, guys, if you're not practicing, I'm gonna ship you out of here." And he's been, you know, he's been, so. he's, he's been dropping the. 
uh, guys who fight through it like Muhammad are good. You know, he's been saying he's basically he's been flat out saying availability is key. Yeah, yeah. So I don't think it's a coincidence that those three guys are back because I I wouldn't be surprised if Sean Payton said, "Look, I don't care if you're a first round pick, a third round pick. I'll cut your ass. I'll, yeah. I'll ship you out of here. I'll trade you. I will cut your ass. It does not matter. Like I'm going with 53 guys that are playing. Yeah, but here's here's the thing: is I feel like a Sean Payton is a little bit emotional like a woman in that yeah. he, he cut Ellerby before training camp, which had no purpose whatsoever. And I get – I get, look, I get that Ellerby is hurt all the time, and he's probably your best linebacker. So it drives you fucking crazy that he's hurt all the goddamn time. But at least bring him to camp, and if he's not healthy and he's not good to go, fine. Then cut him. But they didn't even bring him to camp, give him a chance to go along. Then maybe he's hurt and it's just done and, and he couldn't go at all. So they were like, fuck it. But I feel like with Bro and with Ellerby, you got to wait and see before you're like, cut him, trade him, you know? Because the thing is, the Saints, even with Bro, if you. Well, explain your theory about this didn't really phase you today. You you have a theory about Bro, which is pretty good about how he's he's never healthy and you and you weren't depending on him for any chunk of games. Explain well, that. Well, no, I don't. I don't know that that's the case. It's just you know, it's kind of a, a revolving door. The Saints are stuck in a cycle here where um, the guys that get injured just keep getting injured, and Bro is unfortunately now. I mean, it's starting to feel like he's just one of those guys. He's like Ellerby, you know, he's perpetually injured. So. I don't know how much I was expecting him to play, um, but, you know, if he plays eight games, like how many of those eight games is he going to be any good, you know? And I, I just go back to like he broke his leg. He came back too soon last year, and he tried to play on that broken leg, and he was garbage. And now he's got a leg contusion, which makes me think it Same might leg. be – So, leg. yeah, it might, might, might be related to the break. Once again, coming back too soon, and – um, you know, I just wonder if, you know, apparently he was on crutches and, um, a boot today. And, uh, I think it was Larry Holder that tweeted that, that, or somebody tweeted that basically the injury is worse than they thought. And that it's still kind of a day-to-day thing, but that a leg contusion, like, wasn't a fair What is a leg? What exactly is A it? contusion is basically a bruise. Okay. I mean, it's basically, yeah. So they're saying it's worse than that, but yeah, it's the same leg that he's had issues with. So... Yeah, this is starting to feel like the Drew Holiday thing. Remember that yeah. stress fracture that kept dragging on and on and on? So, like, at some point, like, I don't blame Sean Payton. At some point, like, the guy's got to play. And, like, if he plays and he's got kind of a bum leg, is he going to be any good? You know, because as a corner, like, you have to have your feet and your legs. I mean, that's that's the most important part um, to be able to run with receivers and I don't know, man. This is just another hit to this team and this defense. And if bro, like if they trade him away, like that's why I like, I would be in a wait and see. I would lobby for wait and see with bro because I just know this defense can't really be any good without him. And if they ship him out, I mean, this starts to feel like, um, like they're tanking. Dude, if they ship bro out, let me tell you something, you PJ Williams truthers. It all rests on your guy. Yeah, they're doubling down <laughs> on a guy that they're like, oh, you're too injured, bro. We're going to double down on a guy that's played one game in two years. 
Uh, I mean, imagine imagine how insane that is. I that a guy a guy has played one of thirty two possible games. One, and that's somehow the guy you're basically counting on because bro's too injured for yeah. you. And here's the thing: I was arguing with a couple people, and they're friends of the podcast. So it was all in fun. Um, they were like, you know. Delvin Bro's not injury prone because none of his injuries are related. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. (laughs) I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. I'm like, look, injury, I'm like, if you have multiple injuries, you're fucking injury prone. It's why half the Pelican bloggers blocked me. Because I was like, shut up with this garbage about Drew Holiday not being fucking injury prone. He's fucking injury prone. When you have, if you break a leg and then uh, bruise, break a leg, uh, sprain an ankle, have an MCL, have a concussion, like they're not all related. And you can say that, yeah, they're all freak things, but that dude with all those injuries is fucking injury prone. And that's Delvin Bro and PJ Williams. You know, and Lattimore, they're all fucking injury prone. And I just like you ever you you ever watch that show Lost? I love the Lost. I, yeah, Lost is a great show. But I don't know if you remember, but there's that character Desmond. Oh yeah, and he 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 keeps saving. You know, he 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 like went back in the future and then in the past, and so he has like all this foresight, and he keeps saving Charlie's life. You know, that one of the characters, and so he he keeps saving his life because like he knows he's about to die. But like, if he just saves him, it's just punning it for the next death that's going to occur to Charlie like two days later. And eventually, like he's like, I can't save you forever, bro. And he <laughs> so, does. And he doesn't. Spo- spoiler. It's like a self. Yeah, it's like a self fulfilling prophecy. It's just it's it's not a matter of if, but when. You know, and look, the thing is with the Saints is they are actually as of today pretty healthy you know um they got everybody back as long you know own your mind i didn't practice today but i think so we're, we're not counting fairly and uh yeah we're just counting guys that could practice could start could start and could yeah. practice unger was back today hendrickson was back today ramchek has been back for a couple of days Lattimore, he was doing individual stuff so like they're all 
back and healthy, you know. And I think Ted Ginn just got an old man rest day, so he's fine. Uh, so it was good. I mean, the thing is, though, like, I don't like the corn. The corn will get corner just without bro it's just it's not good enough to it's not good enough yeah. to, to be to succeed i, I don't and, and the thing is like I, you can't you can't do anything at corner unless you give up major assets like philadelphia trade they won't do no philadelphia got a corner a darby from buffalo who is if you go by pff grades or different things he's, he's kind of all over the place but he's viewed as a pretty solid corner he's got a couple years left on a low contract they had to give up a starting wide receiver and a second round pick for him you know mm-hmm. um so like corner like corner and defensive end are just things that teams don't fucking give up you know because because the thing is Teams get to this point and they're like, "We need them all. We're not giving you. We're not giving you the unless the guy is like holding out or something. They're just not going to do it unless." Well, they- well Sean Pay- Sean Payton's own words: "You can never have too many." I mean that those are straight out of his mouth. Yeah. Do you? I want to say the only person that would do it would be like Belichick, is he would like ship Malcolm Butler off in the middle of the year for like a third or a second round pick. Like I could see Belichick doing it, but Belichick's got fucking five Super Bowls. But that's the only person. Any he, other he doesn't need corners. Yeah. So um so we'll see. So with all that happening, the Saints actually looked pretty good in Cleveland. We were you know, to be honest, Andrew, we'll we'll be honest with the people. We were texting back and forth the We were like, they might get torched. Like we know Oswaller's terrible, but they missing guys and Osweiler might light them up. We were thinking that going into the yeah. game, and we forgot that Osweiler's just fucking terrible. He was Osweiler. He's fucking terrible. But well, well, we but we joke. But like, remember? I mean, there there was a time, and this is a year or two ago, where the Saints were giving up. You know, we were saying, "Who's the MVP? Is it Tom Brady? Is it Matt Ryan?" And the answer was no. The MVP is whoever is playing the Saints at quarterback. Yes, because he's putting up better stats on average than the MVP's numbers. So, you know, there, there, and there were some bad quarterbacks. I mean, I can't rattle off the exact names of the guys that were lighting us up at the time. Hoyer. Um, I mean, it's Hoyer, yeah. Mariota. Bortles. Um, you know, they won the yeah. game, but Bortles lit them up. Yeah. So, I mean, there quarterbacks like that were lighting the Saints up. And Goff's, so, Goff's only good plays last year are against the Saints. Yeah. So, you know what? Even if it's an awful quarterback, if the Saints are making – or, or not looking awful, um, that, that, that excites me. Yeah, and the thing is, I will throw. I threw this out there on Twitter. Is you know, in 2012, I know it's it's a long time ago, five years ago now, but they played second year quarterback Blaine Gabba Gabbert in the preseason to start the year, <laughs> and and he fucking lit them up. He yeah. was like 13 or 16 for like 200 yards and two scores, and. Yeah. That was a flashing red light to say, hey, guys, this is the worst defense in the history of the the world. So mm-hmm. that Bortles couldn't light them up is a good sign. Now, I counted – I don't – I don't chart – Not Bortles. Uh, Osweiler. So I, ca- Osweiler. I don't chart the games like I used to, but I counted four throws where, like, a competent quarterback would have made the throw. Like, there were guys yes. that were open, and Osweiler just blows. And I think, yes. like, like, a quarterback that would have been – Rated anywhere from the best quarterback to like 
16 would have made the throw. Like, put it this way. Cut, Jay Cutler, the definition of, like, the average quarterback who's up and down and all over the place. They had, like, four throws that Osweiler just couldn't make because he blows. Cutler would have made the, those four throws, and you would have viewed the game different. But Yeah, I'm with you. You know, but the, but the thing is, I said going into the game, the corner, I didn't even give a shit about the corner because they were hurt or whatever. The thing that I was most excited about in the game, you – We'll get to Crawley in a second because I think you had an interesting theory about him. But to me, the fact that the Saints didn't get shoved around by Cleveland's offensive line, which, oh, by the way, they spent a shit ton of money on in the offseason. Mm-hmm. The Saints didn't get shoved around. Cleveland couldn't run the ball the whole night. Um, and to me, at least that shows me that there's a good chance that the Saints' defensive tackle, they might not get the pass rush of, of Fairley, but they won't get their ass pushed back three or four yards and teams can't run the ball. Because if the teams can run the ball against the Saints, the Saints are fucking done. They're probably done anyway, but if at least if they can stop the run, they have a fighting chance. And that, to me, was the the best thing I saw from the whole defense. Onyemata, uh, keep, you know, you, you can get into it, but Onyemata, like Onyemata, he is a fucking physical freak like he did it that screenplay where he was like oh yeah that's a screen and just like destroyed the dude yeah he blew up the play i mean yeah. he showed good athleticism too um all of it um so i, I was excited i mean you know you, you kind of said it but I, I think the main thing that i took away is really the play of both lines you know um it, it wasn't it wasn't just looking at now, the Browns didn't have Joe Thomas, and so when you look at those Kikaha wins early in the game against the left tackle, I mean, I, I don't know that that would have happened against Joe Thomas. But, you know, kind of going back to, hey, you got to roast the shitty players before That's right, baby. Uh, you, know, so you can compete against the good ones. So, old buddy to, D, old to me, buddy, that was a positive. Old buddy D-line, you can't win the derby before you win the claiming race. Exactly. And so you look at the defensive line, you mentioned that. Especially without Fairley, I was nervous. I was like, they're going to get mauled up front. And, <laughs> and, they, didn't. and they didn't. They played really well on the front. Uh, there were a bunch of young players, uh, second and third string guys that got sacks. So it was, it was fun to see a little pass rush. And then on the offensive line, you know, just with Armstead out, Unger out, uh, I was kind of expecting the offensive line to be a disaster. But pass protection was okay until Grayson kind of had the deer in the headlights thing. Yeah. And uh, the Saints were able to run the ball pretty well. So, um, all in all, I mean, I, I think in the trenches, I mean, you take away the final score, you take away the couple big passes late in the game. Um, I thought in the trenches up front, the Saints dominated that game. Um, and now it's just the Browns, but um, that was encouraging for me. That was my biggest takeaway. I, I can live with Deshaun Kaiser throwing a couple bombs on Eric, Eric Harris and Damian Swan at the end Eric, of the game. Damian's well, if bro... Damian Swan, if Bro is gone, which I think Bro is, yeah, not, he might actually play. Yeah, he, well, he might actually be on the team. I think Bro is not going to be on the Saints fifty-three minutes. I think, I think Peyton is done with him. But we'll get we'll get to that at the end, maybe. Yeah, but, news like this doesn't come out unless no. You, yeah, and, you, and I think I think also you look at Sean Peyton's response today in the press. You know, they asked him to address he, it, and I, I've seen times where you know there's been these rumors and. And he'll he'll flat out come out and say we're that's that's false. We're not trading yeah. the guy. He he, I don't know where you heard that. He could have he could have done many number of things 
but instead he detonated the bridge between the Saints and Delvin Bro. It's yeah. it's it, yeah. it's done. But the thing that was you know the Kamara hype was it, it's real and it's spectacular. To quote a Seinfeld reference from Dave, I mean, you you texted me after like two runs. You're like, I've seen enough of Kamara. Get him out and don't play him the rest of the preseason. <laughs> is that not is that not accurate? <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. I mean, he. You know, who does this is going to seem like an odd comparison? But do you remember the running back for Carolina, their first Super Bowl, Stephen Davis? He, of course. He reminds me of former Redskins. Yeah, he reminds me of a smaller Stephen Davis in that he has this really compact sort of choppy running style, but his balance is like crazy good. Um, so hmm. his running style it's a little unique. Um, but that's who he reminded me, which which is a weird comparison. But that I mean, look, they they. He's gonna be. He's gonna be. He's gonna be really fun and good. I don't know how much the Saints are gonna use him. Um, but I. He's gonna. I think he's potentially a matchup. Well, they need to find a way. Yeah, I mean, he's he's potentially gonna be a matchup nightmare for them, uh, for other teams. Um, you know, um, before we get to, to the rest of the defense. Tommy Lee Lewis. They had some. They had some people going at you and different people on Twitter about him making the team, not making the team. I feel like Tommy Lee Lewis is going to make the team. I, I just. I know he's tiny and this slot guy, whatever. I just feel like he's a guy that's second year. They look at him. They think he can do things, make plays. I think he's going to make the roster. Am I? Am, am I? Am, am I wrong? I mean. I just feel like every year there's a guy that forget what he can do in the regular season. I mean, forget what he's capable of. Every year there's a guy that lights it up in preseason. Mm-hmm. In the past, it's been Adrian Arrington, it's been Joe Morgan, um, it's been you know, it's been a, it's been a, a bunch of guys, and most of them don't amount to much in the regular season. But every year there's a guy in preseason that lights it up. And they always make the team, in my experience. In my years of watching football, the guys that light it up in preseason and produce do not get cut. And I, you look at his game, the, I mean, it was, it was incredible. I mean, his performance, literally, there were, there were three different quarterbacks at different times in the game. They were all punt, just pushing the ball to him. All those quarterbacks that came in were most comfortable going to Lewis and if you look at his, I think he had, what, 11 catches and 12 targets? So you, know, you talk about his size, his lack of size, but that didn't prohibit him from catching 11 balls out of 12. And here's the thing. So, like, if you cut him, he's gone. Because there, there's enough teams in the NFL that are wide. See, that's the thing with, I think, a lot of Saints fans is because the Saints have never had serious wide receiver issues because Breeze is so great. They don't realize that other teams are fucking dying for any receiver that can make a play. I'm talking the Clevelands, the Jets. Oh, I'm telling you right now, after what he did to the Browns, there is no way the Browns aren't claiming him if he goes on waivers. You know, zero chance they won't claim him. Yeah, and that that's another thing that's that's really interesting um, that I forgot, but I'm gonna we're gonna go back to the defenses, defensive end. It's crazy, but uh, Nick, I don't know if we mentioned it before, he watches the film, but he mentioned it, and I went back and watched the game again. Um, 
Mohammed was pretty good in that game. And he and, was. And Andrew, I think he's one more quarterback hit away from being uncuttable. Either they're gonna have to cut either they're gonna have to IR him or he's making the fifty three because teams we talk about being desperate. Some some teams are def- desperate for playmakers. I'm telling you, all NFL teams, practically all of them, are desperate for corners and guys that can get to the quarterback. And well, Muhammad Muhammad's kind of feeling like Onyemata last year a little bit now. You know, a guy that's on the roster that's maybe a little raw, uh, but he has all the measurables. You know, he yeah. kind of feels like a physical freak. He's that got the power. He's got the sick. size. That spin move. Yeah. Was sick. I mean, listen, I think Muhammad, right now he's on the roster. I think he's got to do something to, to knock himself off of it at this point. Um, but in my opinion, he's on, and I'm a little surprised. You know, I, I really thought Trey Hendrickson would be that guy, but uh, he hasn't been playing. He's been hurt. He's a, uh, he, he just is. came back to practice, and, would, and Muhammad has leapfrogged him. I would bet a week's pay that Hendrickson is the IR redshirt special. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, you know, there's still a chance that they could both make the team. Um, but, uh, you know, I wouldn't mind, you know, Muhammad's not going to be a guy with a major role, but, uh, you know, he could be kind of that fourth defensive end where, you know, maybe he gets a few snaps a game and if someone gets injured, maybe he becomes a sub in year one. Mm. And you can kind of bring him along slowly this year like they did with Onyemata last year. You know, Onyemata, back to him, he's sneaky. He played thirty, almost 38% of the snaps last year. You know, so, yeah. so, and that's a good, well, it's going to be more than that this year. Yeah. Sure. And the thing is with him is, you know, we were talking earlier today, you know, the, the, the defensive roster being devoid of talent, you know, if, if other teams could pick over the saints roster, you were saying, look, Cam Jordan would be a guy they would take. And then maybe Lattimore because he's a number one pick. Um, who else did we say that they would – Vaccaro. Vaccaro. Yeah, teams teams would take. And I said to you, after like the – no, no one's beating down the door for the Saints yeah, linebackers. After, it's not one. No, yeah. but after those three guys we just mentioned, I think on spec, if you were doing like an expansion draft and you were you were picking over the Saints, even, I would take Onyemata over the everybody else in the roster. I mean, Over they, Rankins? No. Yeah, I mean, okay, Rankins. Uh, Rankins you would take, but he would be next. And there was nobody yeah. after Rankins that you, you would take. A, I mean, people would argue Williams, but I can get a safety that's pretty decent. If Onyemata with his physical skills and what Wait, he, which one, PJ or Marcus? Marcus. Uh, Marcus, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I think Onyemata, so Onyemata can, to me, if they can get... 2013. Yeah, I don't know that he's starting for other teams, but they would be like, he's a nice sub. Like, he's a guy I would want as my third or fourth defensive tackle. Yeah. Can he Can he give them 2013 Akeem Hicks numbers? I still think it's a little soon. I mean, Akeem Hicks is a pretty damn good player. You know, his issues were not quality and, and ability I think it was more just uh, you know he kind of came and went yeah. you know in terms of effort Onyemata is a little different in that I think he's a little bit more raw maybe than Hicks but he uh, definitely the, more so because he didn't play in but his effort is there I think he, he seems like a smarter player and he seems like he's got well I, I don't know actually Akeem Hicks was pretty smart too I, I think it's more an effort thing with him and Man, the lights really come on for Akeem Hicks, by the way. I mean, he just had a monster season with the he Bears is, last year. The Saints are going to pay him $50 million in March. It's going to be the most hysterical thing you ever saw in your life. Who's uh, that? <laughs> Hicks. 
Oh no, he's there's no way he's coming back to New Orleans. But you know, I I mean, I think there it's not out of the question that Onyemata could. So what, like, uh, what was it? Four and a half sacks. Four and a half sacks and thirty five tackles. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of hoping that's going to be Rankins, honestly. But um, you know, I mean, it's not out of the question that Onyemata ends up being a better player this year than Rankins. Wow. Saints fans are probably screaming that, at their... Is that their, crazy? Is that crazy of me to say well, that? Well, Onyemata played more snaps last year than Rankins, you know? Was, it, it, people would be like, what? I'm like, yeah, Onyemata played a bunch of... But it, I feel I feel pretty good about the defensive line because I look at tackle, I think they can be okay. They got Cam Jordan, they got Kikaha doing stuff, they got Okafor, they can move Okafor inside on the pass. I was like, I feel like... Kikaha looks surprisingly good. Kikaha, Kikaha has guy who has you look back in his career in five years and he has just like one random shining season, and the rest God, of it, please, and please the, let this be it. And the rest of it is just injury sadness. But there's like one year where you're like that dude had twelve and a half sacks. And 30 quarterback pressure and was a fucking animal. Before that and after that, he was injured and he was out of the league in five years. But that one year, he was awesome. And Kikaha today did the triple X wrestling celebration after he knocked down a pass. Kikaha getting double-digit sacks would be on the fun meter. It would break the fun meter if Kikaha can have 10. Like, if you told me anybody on the Saints defense can get 10 sacks, I'd want it to be Kikaha because I think he'd be the most fun. I'm with you. Um, I love that guy. But let's talk about something that that I think is interesting because it, it, it gets to one of my pet peeves that I've been arguing with people all training camp long. Uh, Ken Crawley. Um, Fans were on him, but explain to your explain to people your theory that he wasn't as bad as you think against Cleveland. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. I think if you have a defensive player that's just getting roasted or biting horribly on a double move or he's just beaten so bad that he grabs a handful of jersey and, and he gets roasted, you know, then – you know, then you're approaching Jason David and or Brandon Browner territory. And th- those players were unquestionably terrible. Um, with Crawley, first of all, I mean, we saw signs of it last year. I thought there were times, you know, obviously a lot of people like to bring up the Julio Jones game. I mean, when he got beat by Victor Cruz for that game-winning touchdown against the Giants, and he was right there. He was in position, turned well, it around. Wasn't, it wasn't a touchdown. It was like a 40-yard game. And they keep right, the right, right. But his hands, were, yeah. his hands were on the ball. He got it ripped out. I mean, it was a 50-50 play. But the thing I like about Crawley is, speaking generally, he, first of all, from a size and speed point of view, I mean, he, he measures out, like, ideally for a corner. So th- those are positive. But more so for me, it's that he's – in a position to make the play and every flag that got thrown in that game. I think there was one that was kind of egregious, but for the most part, every flag that got thrown in that game and he was flagged what three or four times um, that he was, they were 50, 50 calls. I really thought he was in a position to make the play. He was aggressive. He was physical and it could have gone either way. And, you know, I think when you're in a position like that and you're playing aggressive, the preseason is the perfect time to get a feel for how these refs are calling the game, what you can get away with, what you can't get away with. 
And, you know, I think he'll come back the following week and he'll play better. But I think when you're, when your corner is in position to make the play, he made a great play on a fourth. He's he's aggressive. Yeah. He made a great play on fourth down. He's, he's aggressive. He's around the football. Those are all super positive things. And I think all the negatives at this, at this stage, you know, we're barely in a training camp. We just finished the first preseason game. Those are things you can live with. I, I really like the progress that Crawley's made. Mm-hmm. I'm not expecting him to be Daryl Revis. You know, I just, I, I, that's obviously not going to be in the cards, but can he be a pretty solid starting corner eventually if he continues to learn how, what he can get away with and what he can't? I, I think so. I really do. I believe, that, you know, again, the size and the speed are there. It's really just about putting it together. And to me, he's close. Yeah. And here's the thing. It proves my point that I've been arguing with people all summer about. They're like, if Bro and Lattimore, if they could just be re- and, and the rest of these rookies, if they're ju- and Re- and Ramchuk, if they're just ready week one, I'm good. And here's the thing, especially with rookies and young players, they have to fucking practice. It's like anything in life, a guitar, learning a language, what it, writing, whatever. You gotta. Do it over and over again to get good. And here's the thing with Crawley is he can get the reps, and they can go in and film and say, look, Ken, when you when, when this pass play, you can't do this with your hands, or you can't do that, you know, you can't grab them here because they'll flag you. So you've got to, like, tone it down or tone it up or whatever. And on the practice field, yeah. they can work with him. But the thing is with Lattimore and Ram- – and they're talking about it with Ramchek. They're like – I read an article today about him. They're like, look, he's really good in run running, but for pass blocking, he struggles with his sets and he struggles with his hands, but they're like, he's really coachable, and every day we, t- we, we tell him, look, do this, do that, and he learns it, and he gets a little bit better every day, and that's why he needs to be out here. And that's the same thing with like these guys, Lattimore and Hendrick. They need to fucking practice, and if you – if you just think they can be ready for week one, basically what you're saying is training camp doesn't really matter. And if training camp didn't matter, teams wouldn't fucking have it. You know? Yeah, I'm with you. And, you know, I think, again, uh, I would I just go back to, you know, the point with Crawley again that, these guys, they need to practice and, you know, if, if availability, I mean, it goes back to availability, which is what Sean Payton talked about. And if they can get in practice and they can work on these things, I mean, the perfect example for me, you know, I know Delvin Bro's kind of on the outs, but you'll remember his first season with yep. the Saints. You know, he had numerous games he where he mess. had horrible penalties. He was a mess in Arizona. Yeah, he was, he was a mess. The first three or four and, weeks he was a mess. And, you know, he made some comments, you know, like, yeah, this is different than the CFL and I just have to get used to it. And I remember when he said that, I'm like, yeah, okay, when is that going to happen? Like year three? So like I'm expecting a, a long learning curve and him not to play well. But, you know, we, he got better every single week. And eventually by week seven, he, he had it and he was playing really well. Yeah. And so I, I think, you know, I'm hoping that, you know, with Crawley, especially being his second year, that he can kind of have accelerated growth. Um, you know, it's good to see Ram pick back on the field. Yeah, and, and that's the thing Practicing. is – I feel like this week, well, and you you may shoot this down or whatever, but I feel like this is the, this was a key week, and that's why they're they're leaking the stuff about Bro being on the trading block, and, and Sean Payton was harping on availability last week because I feel like this week is the key week 
They've got to get these rookies and all these players practicing because you got because you're not playing in the fourth preseason game, right? Anybody that's going to be a contributor on the roster. So you got to play the second and third week. So if Lattimore and Hendrickson and Ramchek don't they don't play this week, they're only going to get one preseason game in and then you're going to expect them to be ready for Minnesota. How the fuck is that going to work? So they've got to practice this week and get two they got to get two actual live games in, right? Yeah, I mean at least at least minimum. I forgot I forgot my other question that I had but anyway um, this this team sort of I, I feel like they are I, I know people say they're rebuilding or whatever but where where are you sort of on the optimism scale I was like a three last week I'm up to about a five but I just you know this it, I have I have mixed emotions. Um, Go ahead. You know, I mean, a lot of guys are back at practice, so that makes me feel good. Um, I, I really, I think from a, from a morale standpoint, just ten losses in a row in preseason. I mean, it's it's getting a little yeah, ridiculous. Need, and if I'm Sean Payton, I I just think winning breeds winning, and I think sometimes like you just need that for your psyche, and so. If I'm Sean Payton, I'm maybe playing my starters longer in the second game, and I'm telling the players, "Look, like you guys need to do at all costs. Like we we need to win this game. We have to find a way to win this game." Um, and I, I want to get that monkey off the yeah. Side. And the thing like, is, just, like they can't keep it. They can't know, keep this going. This losing. You it's know, and, and the thing is, like I think that's true. The thing is, though, like they can. Sean Payton is smart enough, and Dennis Allen too. They could goose that game against San Diego and just scheme a little on offense and play Drew Brees and scheme scheme just like a tiny, tiny bit on offense and defense. And I don't say they can guarantee themselves a victory, but they can come pretty close, you know. And I like, but you're like saying it. I mean, ten in a row is it, it's getting fucking ridiculous. Um. You know, with what they've done, um, oh, I know what I know what I want to talk about. The, we we talk we we get obsessed with the 2017 draft, right, Andrew? We're like Hendrickson and Williams and all these players, like they're all great, and they, and you know we we got they got they're all going to be fucking diamonds, and, and, and it's going to be six startles, and and Anzalone's going to be awesome, and he's going to blah 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 blah. blah. And I think like we forget about the previous drafts, but man, you look at 2016, 2016 draft, it was, we knew it was good last year and you've got mm-hmm. Rankin's going to be, get a full season, Thomas and fucking Bell and Onyemata. I mean, it's, to me, you should be, as a Saints fan, you should be more excited about 2016 than 2017 draft. Yeah, I mean, I think there, it's more likely that those guys are going to be able to come in and contribute right away. You know, I think, especially with Lattimore, if you look at what's been going on up to this point, I mean, for him to play and play well week one, that's uh, going to be tough for him. I think that's that's a that's a tall mountain. Uh, same with Ramchek, you know, he's, he's being thrown into the fire. I don't know how well he's going to play. 
but yeah, I mean, a lot of times when we saw with Tyler Davison, for example, a lot of times that year two leap can be pretty significant. So I'm really hoping we see that from Onyemata uh, and some of those guys, but uh, Rankins obviously, and, and uh, some of the rookies from last year. Um, but these, these, that draft class is starting to look pretty solid. I mean, the thing is with 2016 is Vaughn Bell is a good, I don't know how, how great he's going to be, but Vaughn Bell, if he's healthy, he's going to be a 10 year player in the NFL. Like he may end up having limitations and being, you know, he may be more on the, let's say he's more on the Roman Harper side of the safety scale where he struggles in coverage or whatever. But Roman Harper played a decade. Mm -hmm. And if you got out of a second round pick, that's a home run in a second round pick. I don't care what the fucking Irish pamphlet guy that does quarterback says when you draft a guy in the second round, he plays a decade. That's a win. Um, you know, and, and you get rankings, but I guess my question is going into it. If I said to you besides, well, no, I'll include Michael Thomas too. If I said to you, Andrew, you get to pick one guy Mm -hmm. for the 2016 draft that moves into top four of their position in the NFL, who do you pick? Well, here's the thing. I mean, you've got two defensive tackles in Onyemata and Rankins, and I'm pretty confident they're both going to be decent this year. I mean, I don't know how good, but I'm willing to roll the dice and say that they're neither is going to be awful. Um, so I would tend to pick someone else. Who else did they take? They had, they had Rankins, Thomas, Bell, Onyemata, yeah. Lasco. Well, Thomas is our, Thomas is already there. Um, so I would probably pick Bell. Wow, you pick, pick Bell. Bell as the yeah, yeah top four safety. Yeah, because. I mean, I, I think Rankins is gonna be okay. I think Onyemata. I'm hoping. I'm hopeful he's gonna be pretty good. I mean, Michael Thomas is borderline already there. Yeah. You know, Lasco. I mean, the Saints are loaded at running back, so I, I don't really care about Lasco. But I mean, if they had a, I mean, if if Bell vaults to top top four safety in the league, that means he's getting a lot of picks, which means wins are gonna be a lot easier to come by. Yeah, I mean, it's it's it. It's interesting with the, the 2016 uh, draft in that um, the thing that, that fascinates me is if Michael Thomas becomes like a top four receiver and say he becomes the best offensive weapon mm-hmm. Drew Brees has ever had, like what is it? What does it do to this Saints offense? And, and I, that's not a question. Like I don't know. Like does it make it? Like how good can can it be? Two thousand eleven good? Can it be two thousand twelve good? Which we forget how good two thousand twelve was. They scored a shit ton of points. They had the worst. They had the worst defense in the history of the NFL, and they went seven to nine. You know, um, so like if, yeah. if if Michael Thomas that's is the top, floor. So look if if I mean so if if Drew Brees is starting every six, sixteen games, that's the floor. So it becomes interesting. Um, you know, before we get to well, I guess let's get to. Um, before we get to the questions, Sandy, they're playing San Diego on, what is it? Sunday at three. Is that right? Uh, mm-hmm. so what are you looking for? Wait, Saturday. Now is it Saturday? Saturday? Is it Saturday? Saturday at three. So what are you looking for? Give me two quick things you're looking for, for, uh, the saints, uh, versus the chargers. 
Um, you know, I think no, first of all, it's S- Sunday. Sunday at seven on the NFL Network. That can't be. Is that right? Yeah, I guess so. That's what it said. That's what it said. I I thought it was three, but anyway, go ahead. Two things you're looking for. Um, Well, I mean, I think first of all, I just want to see Ryan Ramchek play well. You know, and you're right. Yes, it is a nationally televised game. Yep, Sunday at at 8 p.m. Eastern. Yep, sure enough. Um, So, you know, I think the main thing for me is I'm just looking for, for. some solid play from um, Ramchak. From Ramchak, he's starting. He's yeah, start, unless he, unless he's hurt, he's starting against Minnesota. I think. Yeah, yeah, and he's going to be the Saints' left tackle, and so this will be his first outing. I'm not expecting him to be great, um, but I just want to see him be decent, and, and uh, you know, just feel good that left tackle is is going to be okay until Armstead comes back, which which could be quite a while. Um, you know, offensively, I'm still not worried. You know, as long as left tackle works out, I feel like the receivers are good and you know, the running backs are good. Drew Brees is going to be fine. I, I feel good about the offense. So, I mean, I think for me, it really – I feel good about the kicking game right now. So, for me, it really revolves around defense. And I think the main thing I'm looking for, I'm feeling better about the defensive line. Um, to me, it's the corners. And if Bro is really on the outs – he is. Um, then, listen, all, all these other guys, I mean, Devontae Harris, Ken Crawley, uh, P.J. Williams, Lattimore, I mean, they've, they've all got to play better than I think they're capable of. Yeah, and there's nothing there's, – there, there's, I mean, I joked about yeah, it. This is, now, we, we joked – so we talked about um, Osweiler and how terrible he was and how part of the Saints being successful against him was him just missing guys by a mile. So they're going to go up against Phil Rivers. And, you know, the Chargers, they're, they're not the greatest team in the league by any means, um, but they do have some offensive firepower. And so I, I think when you look at their roster, um, you know, I think it's going to be more challenging to go up against that passing attack. They have, and, you know, devast- got, they, they have a lot of devastating injuries, though. But you, you talk about weak. They do, but, I mean, they've got, they've got Keenan Allen. They've got Antonio Gates. Yeah. You know, they've got Rivers. I mean, they, they, can, they can throw the ball. Yeah, they, don't, they also um, so, don't have their first two draft picks. Their second-round picks out for the year. And uh, their wide receiver they picked isn't going to be ready until October. Oof. Yeah, Mike Williams, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. But no, that's a good point. And the thing is, like, Philip Rivers will do. He he can make throws. Obviously, that that Osweiler just like like basic simple throws that Osweiler just fucking can't make. Philip Rivers can yeah. do it. Could do it in his sleep. So it'll be interesting. And San Diego, their defense, they have. Ingram is pass rusher, so that'll be fun. Um, you'll get some. Yeah, it'll it'll be a step up, I think, in terms of challenging the Saints' defense from the Browns. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I but I think I think the number one thing for me, you, know, you asked me to two things, and I, I already listed two, but number three for me, which is probably number one, most important, is just find a way to win the game. I mean, at this, this point, like these guys, they need, you know. I mean, remember, they, they were 0-4 in preseason the last two years, and they started 0-3 in the regular season. So I just think there's a spillover effect sometimes, especially with young players where, you know, they just they have trouble figuring out how to close games and win, and um, they just need that confidence. Yeah. And also, too, the, the – Saints need to win a freaking preseason game. And if, if you're a Garrett Grayson fan, enjoy it while you got it, because I feel like he may be like one more bad performance from getting cut. 
Well, he does. Well, I mean, you don't get cut anymore. That's until true. The end. You don't get cut till the end. So I take it back. Um, yeah, but but I mean, I, I'd like to see more of Ryan Nassib. Yeah, I feel like I feel like if you play Nassib in the second half, like they have a much better chance of winning the game. So let's get to some questions. This is from uh, this is from Judo Mike. What is the most likely landing spot for Bro and the return for him? Philadelphia. I, I said a fifth round pick. Um, you know, so I, I don't. I have no idea where he goes. I mean, I think ideally the Saints want him to go to the AFC. Um, so I, that, that would be, I think, the Saints' first choice is if they can get him out of the conference. In, in terms of return, my guess would be a fifth round conditional pick. Yeah. I think first of all, he's got to get healthy because you can't trade an injured player. If if he won't pass his physical, it won't work. So first, he's got to get healthy. But assuming he gets healthy, I think best case scenario is a conditional fifth round pick. And by conditional, I mean you know if he makes the roster and he plays, let's say twelve games, it's a fifth round pick. And you know if he gets cut in training camp, then he if he gets cut before like you know the first game, then they get nothing and then if if he only plays like let's say two games or, or four games maybe it's a sixth round pick yeah. i think so it, could, it would be something like that i think it could be as high as a fourth dependent like if i could see it being like it's a fifth or a sixth if he makes the roster and if he plays more than 10 games it's a fourth like i could see it because teams because teams are fucking desperate for corners like a team, i've heard a couple guys be like oh there's no way they're getting anything but you have to realize like the guy's salary he Bro makes peanuts, yeah. and, and it's, it's, that's, that's worth something. Yeah, team. And, team. And, and he's a restricted free agent next year, so whoever would acquire him would have the cards for how they yeah. handle. Yeah, so they next could, year. so like a team, like especially if you're a team that you think you can be in the playoffs or whatever, like if it's a conditional, and let's say it works out, and he starts a dozen games, and you have to give up a fourth, you tender him at a second round level next year, and you pay him two million bucks. Yeah. And a fourth round pick for two years of that, teams would do that in a heartbeat. So where he goes, I I have no idea. I would throw out I would throw out I would throw out the the Texans, and I would throw out the Ravens. They're badly injured, and they fancy themselves as being a playoff team. So maybe the Ravens could be a spot. Um, uh, how, this is from Brian Smith. How likely is it that Bro will be traded to a team with a competent training staff and start selling? Uh, how how likely will be traded to a competent training staff and look awesome in 2017? Well, that's really happened to the Saints much. I mean, it's not like Spiller, Jarris Bird, or um, no. Junior Gallette. You know, I mean, it's not like they've unloaded a guy that that's gone somewhere else. I mean, I guess maybe Malcolm Jenkins, you could say. Um, but they didn't really get rid of him because of injury. They got rid of him because they just didn't really like him as a player. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Um, my gut tells me that bro is what he is. A a guy that's just often injured. And I I think bro is going to be kind of like Ellerby in that he, he'll be great when he plays, but you can't count on him for more than, I'd, six to six six to ten games a year. I disagree. I think his I think his leg break has taken away his ability to run. And I think so. You think he, you think he's done? I think you he, think he, you think he's gone full Keenan Lewis? I think he's gone full. I think he might not be in the league in twenty eighteen. I, you know, 
but we'll see. Uh, this is from Deuce. Yeah. Will the podcast be hosted live at the new Dixie Brewery upon its completion? Deuce, I hope so. Dixie Brewery, we're really going to have a sponsor. Uh, we don't even need money. Just give us a keg of Dixie beer and we're good to go. Um, so, let's see. Which rookie in the NFC South scares you the most? McCaffrey or O.J. Howard? That's a good question. That's from Velveteen Rico. I would say O.J. Howard um, only because I I just don't think Carolina and McCaffrey are a great fit. I think I think he will help Cam Newton, and I think he will make Cam Newton better. But I, I question whether that offense is a great fit for him. So I, I think that he's miscast maybe a little bit. Um, it could be a little bit of a square peg, especially early on. Um, at least I'm hoping. But, I mean, I think McCaffrey, you put him in an offense like the Patriots or the Saints or the Lions, I, I think he'd be a beast. Um, but I think Carolina may may slow down his development a little bit. So I think O.J. Howard is going to be more scary. Oh, my God, O.J. Howard scares the fuck out of me. Like, yeah. like O.J. – I loved O.J. Howard so much when I watched his YouTube clips. Like, if the Saints would have picked him at 11, I'd have been like, eh, I can pump myself up for it because he's going to be because he's going to be phenomenal in the Saints' offense. It would have freaked everybody out. Yeah, um, but and we could have gotten rid of Kobe Fleener. <laughs> uh, this is from Alfredo. Any players already in do or die situation in this preseason game? That's a good question. Well, I would say Delvin Bro, but he's not going to play. Yeah, so. it's not do or die because they don't have the cuts. But I get what you're saying, Alfred. I mean, the thing is though, you're running out of time. I'd say Trey, I'd say Trey Hendrickson is do or die. I mean, I think at this point, yeah, not all, like Okafor is looking good, Kikaha is looking good. So I think Kikaha is kind of, I think, locked down the primary backup pass rusher at defensive end, and now Muhammad's looking really good. And don't forget Daryl Tapp, who's kind of like the journeyman that they like. So there's a lot of guys that are practicing that are kind of ahead of Hendrickson in the pecking order now, and I think it's do or die for him. I think it's do or die for Damian Swan who was miserable on that touchdown pass that he gave up. I mean, he well, got torched. Well, I think it's do or die for Trey Hendrickson in a sense of it's either 53 or the medical red shirt. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he'd get cut. He'd get cut. Damon yeah. Swan, it's do or die because he's running out of – like you run out of time. For yeah. That for, you know, um, but we'll see. I, I mean, Grayson's another guy you could lump in there. I mean, I would argue he's already dead, but – I mean, I guess you can't rule out that he throws four touchdowns, but I mean that—that's basically his only chance at this point. So I mean, it's definitely do or die for him. What this is from Garen? What's worse, trading Bo for an, for Bro for an 18, 2018 six, or starting another undrafted free agent at corner all year? Both. <laughs> yes. 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 They're look, man. If they trade Bro, they're starting an UDFA at corner. It's Crawley. That's it's that's yeah. it's gonna be, man. Because it's if if they trade Bro, it's Crawley, PJ Williams, and Lattimore, and maybe Lattimore gets healthy and by Halloween is really good and he bumps Crawley down. But they're gonna play two. I mean, I could. I mean, maybe they go two corners, four safeties, if they want to go mm-hmm. six de- defensive backs. But I mean, Crawley's playing, man. Yeah. You better, you better. Get, oh, he's a starter. You I mean, better, he, he's starting over Lattimore right now. This is from, uh, this is from Adrian. Uh, who is happier, you with Rooney or Andrew with Neymar? Uh, I mean, it's not even close. 
I mean, Rooney is Rooney's a has been. Neymar. He scored the winning I, goal last Saturday, man. Yeah, okay, but Neymar gives PSG a legit chance to win Champions League. Where Rooney. Does, where does PSG get all this money, man? Qatari oil, man. man gee, they, they just didn't. They didn't like. They did like making a profit. Just like isn't even in the doesn't even factor in. Like, well, there there is the whole FIFA fair play, but I mean the thing is the Qatari oil like they. They basically make up these sponsorships that are really <laughs> bankrolled by Qatari Oil as well. So it's basically like they're they're giving sponsorships to their own team, but it's you know funded through shell companies that have that, that seem like something else. And I think that's how they get around it. Man, I want to. I want Everton got a billionaire owner, but he's not Qatari or he's not Qatari Oil money rich though. Brian asked, the, 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 the Doomsday Clock is where? The Doomsday Clock, Brian. It's like, it's like seven forty-five, eight. I know the look. The bro thing is bad. Yeah. But I mean, that's the bro thing is like throwing in the towel. Yeah. To me. But the thing is, it's it, not. It's not that I think bro is so good or that I'm counting on him for several games. But like, you, we can't forget the division the Saints play in. Yeah. The Falcons just made the Super Bowl. They have the reigning MVP. The year before that, Cam Newton was the MVP. And by the way, the Bucks have a first overall pick at quarterback with Mike Evans and O.J. Howard as his weapon. So, like, you, you can't get away with shitty corners, and that's what the Saints have right now. So, especially in this division, how can you compete with those I teams? mean, they might be able to get away with crap corners against Minnesota because I know Sam Bradford completes a lot of throws, but he doesn't throw the ball downfield, and their offensive line is terrible. So they might be able to get away with it in Minnesota. They ain't getting away with it against New England, and they're probably not getting no. away with it against Carolina. And they and even against Jay Cutler, they're probably not getting away. Miami has three good receivers. So, I mean – and the thing is, at least with defensive line, you can talk yourself into all these options that they have, right? At corner, there's nothing that they have, and there's nothing coming in, and they're just fucked. Yeah. They're just fucked, and I don't like. I don't. I, I mean, mean, I'm giving up on Bro playing in the second preseason game, and probably even the third. So my my hope at this point is that he finds his way back to the field for the fourth preseason game. He plays well, and it's all kumbaya, and he comes back, and, and the Saints didn't really get anything for him. No one really wanted to offer anything, so Sean Payne's like, fine, I guess we'll stick it out, and then he kind of comes back in the regular season, and he starts to play pretty well. I mean, that that's the ideal scenario. If they ship him out, man, we're starting to rely on Devontae Harris and Ken Crawley all over again. This is from Deuce. He asks, he says, trade Delvin Bro to the Eagles for Patrick Robinson. Deuce, I'm for it because Patrick Robinson, as far as I know, is healthy. I'm for it. Not for long, he's not. He would trip, uh, like coming down the, the stairs of the airplane, he would roll his ankle and hit his face on the concrete on the runway. Out four to six. And, and be paralyzed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it is true. It is true. Um, so, I mean, we're, we're, we're in a week two. You, you want health Saints to win the game. And I, I want to get irrationally excited about somebody in the front seven not named Cam Jordan. Even if it's 
bullshit sacks from from Hendrickson or Muhammad in the second half or whatever. I want to get irrationally excited about somebody in the front seven not named Cam Jordan. That's my wish for week two of the preseason. Um, if you had a wish, Andrew, what would you wish for in the second preseason game? A win. A win. What when you? That's you're desperate to get that. I just want to win. Yeah. <laughs> I don't make it eleven in a row for God's sake. Man. All right, that about wraps it up. Uh, Dave was MIA tonight. Kevin is still. Um, he's 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 um, he's he's at a prayer vigil for for Ric Flair. Uh, seriously, nature. Boy. <laughs> Nate, Nate, seriously, nature boy. Get well. We love you. You're the best. Uh, so. For Dave and Kevin, who are MIA, for Andrew, uh, until next week, the bar is closed.